1: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This is part two of our discussion about the Dark Knight trilogy. So in this one, we are going to be discussing the Dark Knight Rises, as well as ranking the films in the series, and talking about where Christian Bale ranks as Batman and as Bruce Wayne for us. And also, and I do say trigger warning right before we start talking about it, we are going to talk about the theater shooting. So if that bothers you at all and you don't want to listen to that, once you hear the trigger warning, I would say stop for like, I think it's like another like nine, 10 minutes. So just want to make sure that everybody does have a heads up for that. But we do wrap it up a little bit lighter. And we start this episode with a special appearance by somebody very special to us. So I hope you enjoy this
2: episode. Thanks. Okay. Just one more thing because um, are you finally getting off the couch?
1: Oh, okay. We have a few. Hey, please,
2: <laughs> please put down the marshmallows, man. Like, I, I'm not buying you anymore. I, I'm done. My my marshmallow budget has been exceeded. Okay. So now you're okay. Just give him one second, please. Because Jesus okay. Christ. Everything has She's to be at its own time. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>, such. Hello.
1: <laughs> Hi, Christian. Hi. Thank you for stopping I know, by.
2: I yes, it is, of course, my pleasure and yours. And I am welcome. so happy to be here talking about myself and my wonderful performance in my films about the Batman. <laughs> I would be delighted to give you a sample of my voice work for the Batman. Yes, Ahem. 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 I am I am Christian Bale and I played the Batman in not one not two but three films. I was so good in this role. Even if I do say so myself. Okay, that was just hurting my vocal course. I had to stop. I have to stop. <laughs> I just I can't.
1: Well, thank you so much, Christian Bale. We really appreciate you stopping by. Yes, yes, and- of course. Yes,
2: it was delicious.
1: Yes, and we're and, and, and- <laughs> And, you know, I really appreciate you, you know, taking time away from your marshmallows
2: to say hello to us and to honor oh, us. of course. Of course. She complained so much about the marshmallows because she's like, oh, don't bu- eat all my marshmallows. And then she buys me more. And then she tries to put them in creative places so that I have to hunt for them. I have to hunt for them throughout the house. I got a marshmallow hunting bunny. Are they in her ottoman today? No, they're not. Are they in the box under the printer? No, they're not. But that's quite all right. It is a good hobby to have, and I appreciate her for keeping me busy so much of my time. But I have to say, your family must be missing you.
1: I mean, you're staying in Florida this whole
2: time. (laughs) Well, you know, they're here too. It's all right. Oh, they are there too? Yes, yes, they are. Your wife and your kids are there? Everybody's here. You know, like, I, I think that's why Carver complains so much because my whole family is here. And I, I, if I have to be honest, it's really my wife who eats most of the marshmallows. I just, I, I take the fall for Ooh, her.
0: Blaming your husband. wife? Aaron. Aaron.
2: <laughs> Listen, we're not going to talk about blaming my wife for things that I may or may not have done. We don't need to talk about that.
1: <laughs> oh, Christian. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. We will not talk about that again.
2: All right, well, now is beckoning me back. Okay, Uva, okay. Because she wants to talk again. You know how she is, so blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Christian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did I tell you about this man?
1: Man, you have to live with his. not only him, but you've taken in his whole family.
2: You know, you, you do what you gotta. You do what you gotta. I, I couldn't let th- this man spend the holidays without his fam. So,
1: wow, you're so generous. Um, I know. <laughs> well, thank you, and thank you, Christian. I'm sure we will be hearing from you on our other. <laughs> Go back to your marshmallows. Um, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. The marshmallows things kills me the most. <laughs> Okay, so now we are going to get into the final entry in the Dark Knight trilogy and Nolan's trilogy, The Dark Knight Rises. I will say I will do trigger warnings eventually when we get to talking about um, the theater shooting because I don't think you can talk about this movie and not talk about that, frankly, especially since two of my panelists, including one of me, are in Colorado. So we will get to that last as far as with The Dark Knight Rises stuff, but I will say trigger warnings before we start talking about that. Okay, so where do we find Batman and Bruce Wayne now, Carla?
2: In the east wing of Wayne Manor. Oh, you meant more than just geographically. Okay, well <laughs> that works too, but <laughs> if you're talking about like overall stuff, he's sad. He has a sad, he has many, many a sad. He's um sad. Yes, he's he's in a bad place. I mean, Rachel's been there for 10 years, but he still hasn't moved on. Mostly because he hasn't left his, his house, which is just kind of gross. I mean, like it's a huge house, so it's not like like most of us when we when we get like, you know, into a depression spell and we have, you know, like maybe two rooms and a kitchen and a bathroom. And you know, if you're lucky, you might have a foyer or something. He has like a whole wing of a massive mansion. He's he's he's. I I, I honestly, I'm like, okay, look, look, man, all right. I I, I get it. I it, it's it's depressing and sad and stuff. But but you're at the same time, you you have a whole wing and a butler, and and staff. Like me and a lot of people, if we want to eat, we have to cook for ourselves. And sometimes it's just not going to happen. So. You know, just eat your Wheaties, is what I'm saying. You know, like... <laughs> eat your Wheaties! <laughs> eat your Wheaties and see a, a qualified medical professional for your for your physical ailments. Because you, you have the money. I have an HMO. You know, like... My sympathy for you is extremely limited. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> like, if I had your money, I would need an HMO. And I could actually get proper care. But that's not the point. We're talking about Bruce Wayne and about Batman. <laughs> We're not talking about the American healthcare system and how, if you're a billionaire, you can probably do better for yourself. <laughs> he's, But he he, he, he is. He, he's beating himself up over Rachel's death. He's uh, beating himself up over Harvey and how he, he could have done better and done more. And it's like, no, he, he given the circumstances of, of what things were at that point in time, he did what he could. And he took on all of these bad attributes that would have gone to Harvey otherwise, because it's what the city needed, because he's always looking out for the city. The city may not really recognize that, especially because his Batman persona has been tainted by the, the deaths that Harvey Dent actually caused. And his own persona is tainted by these, tainted by these rumors of, you know, like this recluse in a giant mansion so it, it's it's kind of, when he meets Selena Kyle, it's just, it, it, it is kind of a meet cute.
1: <laughs> Very much so a meet cute.
2: Yeah, because it has all the elements of a meet cute. It's like, oh, cute girl, like, steals pearls up from under his nose. And he's just, like, delighted by it. He's, frankly, just absolutely a light in the idea that somebody is this clever and this good at foiling all of these Mechanisms that he has in place to keep himself safe. So he, yeah, he, he's in a very dark place, and um to the point where he's pushing Al- Albert away, the person who has been by his side his entire life without question and without ever uh, giving up on him. And it's not because Albert gives gives up on him even at this point. It's more that uh, Albert. Oh my God, Alfred. I was just going to say.
1: I was like, wait a minute. Is she saying Alfred? And or does she say no?
2: <laughs> i know i know like my accent comes out more sometimes (laughs) than others but even even then like alfred and albert are kind of you you know what's funny
1: though when i was doing the outline i originally accidentally put albert i was like (laughs) what am i talking about that's not (laughs) So. so
2: (laughs) alfred go back and just re-edit all of my here i'll give you like a blank one so you can just insert it into every time that i said albert
1: sounds so natural
2: okay ready ready goes alfred just put it in there just plug it in every single time. Anyway, so Alfred gets sick not of taking care of him, not of kind of indulging all of his whims, but of watching him let himself die. And it, it's understandable and I, and I think it's it's commendable of Alfred to finally put a stop to this and say I'm not going to enable you anymore. Because I think that that's like a really hard thing to do as somebody who cares about somebody else, especially somebody as, as a caretaker to put a stop to things and be like, no, enough is enough. I'm not going to help you see yourself to the drain. And I think that Bruce really needed that to get out of this mental space where he was. And and, and I really do think that, as you know, as much as my sense of justice was riled up at the the fact that he's letting Selena Kyle get away with his mother's per- mother's pearls, it was also, yeah, I was like, how dare he? They were his mother's, you know, like whatever. Um, but it, it really did help him get out of this out of this funk and out of this this spiral that he was in, having some fresh air in the form of somebody coming in and really screwing with his sense of. Of um, of order actually did him good. So I, that that's kind of where we find ourselves our, ourselves at the beginning is him needing somebody to give him a little push.
1: Yeah, he's a smitten kitten. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, you nerd! I love you so much, <laughs>
0: Susie. Yeah. Uh, well, where we find Bruce is that he has very much like fully just disappeared into his grief. Um, he has not only become a cryptid for the criminal underbelly as Batman, but he has become a cryptid for Gotham as well. <laughs> to the point where they're like, "Oh, he's a recluse. He's got like <laughs> like ten foot nails and messengers full of pee." because mm-hmm. no one's seen him in years he's probably like a weird scraggly creature now just roaming halls of Wayne Manor like I can easily see like the Gotham upper class just like telling these stories like over tennis or whatever And just I don't know what rich people do just, <laughs> just being like he roams the halls and lets off plaintive of wails why did he disappear we don't know and, like, even the, like, the <laughs> persona of, of like, like, how Carla said, he's been tainted by, like, all the deaths that Harvey has committed, and he's even been blamed for Harvey's own death. Mm-hmm. And a part of, like, that also makes Jim's characters really interesting is that he really wants to tell the truth and be like, Harvey is dead- Two-Face but he also doesn't want to taint this image of a person that's become such a big like symbol for good in Gotham and he's like fighting this and even Bruce is just like fully just like go and be like eh just play me for whatever I like he doesn't care anymore and it seems like he's done with everything and what's really like interesting about Selita's arrival is that she is a, like a breath of fresh air to him. She is not afraid to challenge him. He tells her like, oh, that's safe. It's like uncrackable. And she goes, oops, no one told me that because I'm the best. I'm just going to take your mother's pearls and skippity-doo out of here. And even Alfred is like, why didn't you stop her? She took your mother's pearls. <laughs> she seems like a nice lady, but she stole your mother's pearls. And even, and even Bruce is like, you want to set me up? With a with a with a jewel thief, with a cat thief, and like cat burglar and and even and again this is Alfred not wanting to like enable his recluseness anymore. He's like, at least if if it means that you're gonna get out of this house and live, mm-hmm. even if it means you start dating a thief, at least it's gonna get you out of this goddamn dusty mansion. And do something. And he was like, ugh. And it, like, even, even Lucius is like, dude, you need to, like, you don't even need to date this woman. Just, like, talk to her. He's like, oh, you want to set me up with her, too? Like, we just want you to have a life. <laughs> we want you to, like, just not be, like, so gone in your own, like, pity and grief and just, Like pull yourself back up. Like Carlos said, like this this man has all the money in the world. He can he he can probably do like some weird experimental surgery to get his cartilage back. Because even at some point, the doctor tells him like you have no cartilage in your knees. They're they're gone. Like he could guess he could get some cow cartilage injected in there or something. I don't know how bones work. I'm not a doctor. Or just like something. I don't know
1: something.
0: I'll ask my sister if that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like this man is, and he, and again, this lends like his whole like out of touch 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 didn't touch, touchness as a rich person. Because <laughs> even when, when Robin tells him, like, "Oh yeah, I used I used to live in an orphanage that was fund by, funded by the Wayne Foundation," but we were completely abandoned by you. And he's even like, "Um, did we fund a foundation? And they're like, yeah, dude, but you have no money because you're a recluse and you've been a recluse for eight years and you just ignored everything else. It's like, ah, well, that sucks. And it's like, (laughs) again, you could have like, like even like maybe he could have dealt with his grief by putting more into the city, making up grants, like like make up the Rachel Dawes Law People law, Lawyer Grant yeah, or something. Rachel Dawes Law People Grant, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Harvey Dent Scholarship, maybe not. We'll think about that one. But still, like this man could have done so much more. And he was just like, again, whiny rich boy. He was just like, I'm just gonna go shut myself in my room because I don't want to talk to anyone. Like Batman is the ultimate emo, and it has never been more evident than in this film. It's He's true. just like, no, no. Like also something that I think is really funny about live action Batman is that he deliberately has to draw in the black circles around his eyes. And I just wonder how that decision came around. Like, did he just wear it and was like, oh, no, I can't do this. Does he just do circles around the eyes or does he do like a full strip? Is it
1: waterproof makeup? Like, I need to know. He should be doing cover girl ads or something. Yeah,
0: does he just go to like <laughs> Sora work. or Ulta and is like, give me the best like <laughs> waterproof makeup? Like fight-proof <laughs> eyeliner. Did I have Lucius make one for him? It's like, like, oh, this is great, Mister Wing. You know what you could do? You could sell this as eyeliner, and he's like, he's do it."
2: <laughs> I'm just imagining the the ads. Easy breezy, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: easy breezy, beautiful cover bat. <laughs> just- <laughs> oh. Like endorsed by Bruce Wayne himself, <laughs> a product of White Enterprises, the Batliner. Oh, I wonder where that came from. Oh,
1: my when God. One of the shades
0: is called, does this come in black? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. But it's like... It's, that's just something that I really like about Selena's appearance in this film is that she's not afraid to call him out on stuff. She's like, you and your rich friends are going to suffer and it's going to be we're all just going to enjoy to see you guys <laughs> fall from grace. Or when she's like, I'm not sorry you lost your fortune, but I'll say I am. Cause that's a humanly thing to do. <laughs> yep. Or like you give yourself enough. To, like everyone tells them, you've given enough to the city, man. Like you don't need to give them anymore. <laughs> Like, it's told repeatedly throughout all the films. And he's like, no. I'm emo. It's like, no one understands my pain.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, like I said, he's, he's, he's so, like, he tries not to be selfish and self-absorbed, but he's so self-absorbed. He's just, um, he's just this very, like, oh, woe is me. I'm just a sad, poor little rich boy who... Lost the girl I was really never going to have. He could name that foundation the Man Pain. Lawyer <laughs> Foundation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Wayne Man Pain. And it rhymes, which is even better. Yes, it, that's that's, that's, true. Just, that's just good marketing. <laughs> yeah. The Wayne Pain.
1: <laughs> the Wayne Pain. <laughs> the, Wayne. the Wayne Pain. But, and we, for, I forgot to tell you what the theme of The Dark Knight was, was chaos. And then the theme for this one is pain. Which makes sense. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> that's the theme. And yeah, he's just, he's a recluse. He's got the whole um, how Howard Hughes thing. Not, yeah, Howard Hughes thing going on of like, I'm going to lock myself away and rich eccentric guy and all that. And Selena doesn't give a crap about that and is like, whatever, dude, you're so full of shit. <laughs> I mean, really, that's the way she's always been with him, and that's why I love them together. And I think it's the first time ever through the whole trilogy when you see him interact with her the first time that something else in Bruce Wayne comes alive that wasn't alive before. You know, something. Hey. That... Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> something down, down south comes alive. <laughs> Wait, Is that a battering in your pocket or are you just happy to see me
2: <laughs> his very powerful pr- friend wants to come out to play
1: yeah <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing like what was that um what movie was that where they had where they had sex the first time and they were like destroying things like crushing things with their what was that Buffy yes Buffy <laughs> <laughs> Picturing like a Buffy and Spike type sex scene with these two.
2: Yes. Uh, If this film hadn't had to keep up a certain
1: rating, yes. Yes. I mean, really, seriously. So I think it's the first time you see that. It's the first time that you see chemistry with Christian Bale and a woman um, on screen because there is this sort of electricity with them. First, and you have to have that when you have Catwoman in any movie with Batman, you have to have that electricity there because it's always there. And she does awaken something in him, and it's the first time he's kind of like, Okay, maybe I shouldn't be a recluse anymore. And he's very attracted to her, and he starts investigating her, and he's attracted to her in a way that he's trying not to acknowledge that he's attracted to her because she represents a lot of the stuff that he's supposed to be fighting. But at the same time, she's like, doing it more in this way where he doesn't really care that she's stealing his mother's pearls. He's like, oh, good for you. You're clever. You know, like I said, he's smitten. He's a smitten kitten. And, you know, he's feeling something that he hasn't felt in a while. And he's very aroused and very turned on by her, I think. But but not just because of her, what how she, she looks. I don't think it's anything to do with that. It's more how clever she is and how bright she is. And I think that's very attractive to him. And that's why I think through all the Batman movies, through all the Batman stories, the only person I've ever liked Batman with is Catwoman because every other woman is so boring in comparison and she is more on his same level. So I think that's why they why they definitely are a great, a great, great match. So, but before we get to Bane, which we're going to get to Bane here in a minute, but let's get to Catwoman. Played by Anne Hathaway. And so what do you think of Catwoman,
2: Carla? Okay, I love Anne Hathaway. I love her. And of all of my... Of all of the roles that she's done, this is one of my favorites. She's... I think that she's, like, very versatile. I think that she's just a phenomenal actor. She really... She, she can do just so much. And I, I think that people often kind of put her down because they just don't like that she's uh, I don't know I, I think that there's something about putting down actresses in general that's just kind of gross because oftentimes it's it doesn't have anything to do with their talent but it is to do with this feeling that somebody who is a woman and is doing a really good job at something, is phony. I, I, okay, I have a lot of feelings about Anne Hathaway, put it that way. But <laughs> I thought that she was great in this role. She really she brought that playfulness that you need to have when you when you're Catwoman. Because if you're Catwoman and you're either just straight up sexy or just straight up vile, it's it's not you're not fulfilling the role. Catwoman is funny and playful. She is Batman's rival, not just because she is on the opposite side of him, but because she can go to toe-to-toe to toe with him on every level. So it makes her a fascinating character. And I think Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway did a great job playing Selina Kyle and playing Catwoman. Just the history of Catwoman, I, I, I just absolutely love. You know, everybody from Eartha Kit. And Halle Berry, and now Anne Hathaway in, in this film have been fantastic. Michelle Pfeiffer, of course, who is one that's of the best to me. But that—that's one of the best Catwoman portrayals ever. But yeah, I, I just—I she really, she really did a great job on this role. And I just, there's so much that I want to say about her, and it's not really gelling in my mind the way that I want to phrase it, but think about the this this Nolan world and how dark he wants it to be how gritty he wants it to be and Anne Hathaway seems like a weird choice on its face but then you watch her in the role and she fits everything so perfectly that i really think that that any doubts about her are quick to go away even just in in that first part of the film where she's She's just the maid, and she's just dropping off the, the stuff to Mister Wayne, and she's just being curious and looking around. And, oh, look at all this cool stuff! And then Bruce comes out and confronts her. Shows, shoots the arrow, and she's and startles her. I mean, like that's really like big way to startle somebody is like shoot an arrow, like and then shoot away from their face. Like, okay, I get it. You're not happy that I'm here. Like, there there are better ways to call somebody's attention to that.
1: It was um, Cupid's arrow. Sorry. <laughs>
0: It reminded me very much of that scene in, like, Beauty and
2: the Beast when he's like, what are you doing
0: in the West Wing? But, like, yeah,
2: little, you know? you being like, oh. <laughs> I can't well, I don't know, have a more I mean, subtle one. He, like, almost take her nose away.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, other than him being like, what are you doing here?
2: <laughs> Why are you? Like, I'm sorry, but I'm just, like, <laughs> laughing at the fact that if she had like moved just like an inch closer, <laughs> there would be sure. no catwoman to talk about right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's that cocky with his aim. He's like, I'm just gonna oh, yeah. off like an inch and I'm gonna scare her. <laughs> like, do you imagine yes. if he was like,
2: ah oh, no? <laughs> Sir, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> but even with that, she she goes from like this dual eyed like scared little girl to suddenly like knowing, cunning thief. And and then in the, a twitch of an eyebrow. And I am sorry, I don't care how you feel about Anne Hathaway. If that didn't completely win you over for her as Catwoman, then just, you know, I don't know, go watch a cartoon or something. Um, she's phenomenal. And I just I love Catwoman in general. Like I, I definitely one of my favorite characters in the batman world go watch a cartoon <laughs> so I'm go to looney tunes
1: i'm learning something new i did not realize how i did not realize the passion that carla had for anne hathaway i did not know that i love I'm-
2: anne hathaway so much okay like everybody stop bragging on my girl she's amazing
1: <laughs> she did carry the academy awards that one time she had to host
2: oh my god i'm so mad on her behalf I felt for so that bad for her oh my god that was I, the worst I already the shows ever. i already hated james franco but that made me just
1: i felt so bad for her
2: yes <laughs> this is
1: awful so
0: Susie, do you have passionate feelings for anne hathaway too i would say they're not as passionate as carla's but let me just say this out of like kind of all like the dc anti-heroes Because that's what Catwoman is. She's an anti-hero. She is one of my top favorites because she's just so, like, cunning and just smart. And she's also, like, seductive and ingenious and witty. and, And, again, out of his many romances, his romance with Catwoman is one of my favorites. Oh, it's just so good. And... Also, when I heard that Anne Hathaway was cast as Catwoman, I was a little bit apprehensive, but I always am when it comes to, like, DC stuff. Whenever I hear casting for any, like, DC project, I'm always like, okay, I didn't see this initially, but I'm willing to give it a shot, you know? And some people show me that they do amazing, like Anne, and some people show me that they shouldn't have gone within 10 feet of the project, a.k.a. Jared Leto. I've been going to get into that. But it's just, she's so... She's so good in this movie because she's able to to give like introduce kind of Catwoman to like a new generation of people. And I think that's really great. And she's able to show how like how strong she is, how smart she is, how cunning she is, how kind of like ingenious she is. Like I think like it's amazing that she thought to put knives, like serrated knives on her boots and use those as weapons. Like, I love how, like, her outfit d- isn't necessarily screaming cat, but you can see the influences. Like, how her goggles, like, perch up and kind of turn into cat ears almost. And how they just, like, do that cool, like, clicky thing and they come down. And she's smarter than people give her credit for. I mean, even Batman is like, so this is how you drive my motorcycle? She's like, I got it. And just pulls off, like, all these fabulous moves on this motorbike. Like, she's been driving it all her life. And you're like... Yes, Anne, you do this. Love you for it. Yes, Queen. And again, she's able, like, she's able to shift her character so well. Like, like she got like when she first meets Bruce and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Wayne. Like, oh, no one told me the safe and crackable, sir. And again, you see him like it's it's like that meme where it's like, oh, I'm a little afraid, but aroused. Like, what is this? Mmm. And it's like, It's so good. And even then when she meets with one of, with another like minor villain character, she, she's like, oh, I brought him along because I like someone to open doors for me. And even when she betrays this councilman, he even like is still in love with her and is like, could you call me later? (laughs) Like the power this woman has. Yes. And she even leaves and she's like, oh my God, a guy is bleeding. And she's like in tears and a mess. And then she walks away like, okay, let me just go to my next appointment. And let me do my nefarious things somewhere else. And she's, oh my God. You know, I'll take it back. Yeah, she was, I do have the same ardent passion for her. Cause she's just so good. And I love you. You love seeing her go toe-to-toe with Batman and because again she's not afraid to call him out on his bull and she's not like she's she's straightforward with what she says to him she's like oh yeah you don't have any money so you're not a, a mark anymore or like oh there's a storm coming and you're gonna get wrecked and she's like she's not afraid to like continuously keep stealing from this man because deep down, she knows he's not gonna do anything. Like she even steals his car and <laughs> leaves mm-hmm. him to walk home. And she's like, mmm, <laughs> "I'm just gonna keep going. You do what you do." <laughs> and uh, like and then, but you also see her like her vulnerable side or like her more caring side. Like when she saves that kid from when she saves this kid from muggers. She she beats them up for him. But then again, she also shows her like her own her own little like like sassy touch when she bites the apple like she bites an apple before giving it back to the kid and she's like never she even gives advice she goes never steal from someone who cannot run you or something like never steal from anyone bigger than you or something if you can't get away safely and she even has a friend that she takes care of and makes sure that she's safe and, you, and I feel like there's kind of like a protege situation going on here because I just kind of feel like she's kind of teaching her the ropes on how to like steal from people and oh she she's just so fun in this universe and you're like yes queen you do it you steal from these men you yes love it
2: you show them what for i just i I think back to into that scene where that guy is like oh doesn't don't those heels hurt and then she kicks him with the heels and she's like i don't know does it <laughs> like, I don't know, you kill me.
0: And she's like, and you're like, yes.
1: <laughs> I really did not know we had such passion for Anne Hathaway on this podcast.
0: <laughs> like she shows people, don't underestimate me, because it's gonna go bad for you.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I will say, you know, Catwoman is uh, Catwoman I probably like more than Batman and Catwoman is probably my favorite DC character, honestly. I love Catwoman a lot, so I'm very picky about Catwoman portrayals. I will say when I heard the casting news, I was very, very ho-hum about this. I had no hopes, no offense to my Anne Hathaway lovers on here. I just, and it's not anything against her. I I like her. I think, well, full offense taken. (laughs) I think you should go watch uh, the movie if you haven't already, especially... Anne Hathaway fans. Rachel's getting married. You should watch that movie. She's absolutely amazing in that. She was in an episode of that show, Modern Love, and she plays a woman with bipolar. And she does an amazing job in that too. So just shouting out those two roles. So I I think she's a really, really gifted actress. I just didn't see this. And I think it's because I'm very picky about who plays this role. And for me, no one and she doesn't sorry she doesn't top Michelle Pfeiffer for me no one will top Michelle Pfeiffer for me i just that was the catwoman that i grew up with as a kid and i just thought Michelle Pfeiffer was owns this role so it's so even though i love anne hathaway in this role she doesn't beat michelle pfeiffer for me i'm sorry she just doesn't but i do think she's really great in this role i do think she should have been given more though i do think it's still thinly written as good as she is i think it's still a thinly written character for catwoman i think you know that's it's an iconic character and i think you should give her a lot more of a storyline than she had but i love the storyline that she did have uh her banter and the way she played with uh, batman and bruce wayne was perfect because that's the way that character is that's why I ship them. I mean, that's one of my favorite ships is the two of them together. They're just perfect. They're just absolutely perfect. That's why I cannot see Batman or Bruce Wayne with anybody else except for Catwoman for me. That's just the only person Batman should ever be with is Catwoman. Uh, They just have such a great rivalry and the way um, Bruce Wayne and Batman respects Catwoman And the reason he's so attracted to her is because she calls him on his bullshit, because she's so strong and capable, because she doesn't need him to rescue her. You know, she doesn't need that. She doesn't need him to teach her how to ride a motorcycle. She doesn't need him to teach her how to fight. She doesn't need him to save her. You know, she's very capable to protect her and save herself. And I think that's very attractive to him. And so I think that's one of the reasons he likes her so much, I instantly, immediately likes her. And, I, you know, the other thing that she does is in the end of the movie, she could have left and she doesn't leave and she comes back. And that also shows her character that, yes, she's an antihero, but like in a lot of ways, like um, Harley Quinn, she does have this heart to her and she does want to do good and she does want to help people it's just, she's picky about the people she's going to help. She's not just going to help everybody. Uh, And I just, I love her and she's sexy, but I don't mean that in the fact that she's attractive and yes, she wears the leather and yes, it's sexy and attractive, but she's just sexy in the way she carries herself and the confidence she has and the way she moves and the way she holds her body and the way she uses her sex appeal to disarm men and but she, but it's in this way where it doesn't feel cheap or like it's all about the man. It's about her and how she knows that that is a tool in her toolbox that she can use because men think with that brain more than they do their other brain. And so she knows that. And so she plays on that. But it's not in a way that makes her like, I don't know, like a trivial character or like she's just about her sexuality because she's not. And she's just powerful. And it's interesting in this one that she's never called Catwoman. That's never said ever in this, even though she is. But she's only referred to as the Cat, but never Catwoman. And little trivia for my Anne Hathaway fans here. Anne Hathaway was more stoked to get this role than any role she ever got. (laughs) She was so excited. And there's there's a little trivia I read in IMDb today about this that she, her agent called her and she thought it was about her getting this role. And she's like, I'm Catwoman. I'm Catwoman. And she's yelling it. And her agent had to calm her down and say, No, you, they want you to do this one screen test. No, you got the hosting job for the Academy Awards. <laughs> so she was so excited for that. But she eventually, of course, got this role. So I think she's really, really good. I, I want to say I do think she's really, really good. It's just Michelle Pfeiffer will always be tops for me. But she's excellent in this. She owns it. I think this is the sexiest she's ever been on screen, too. I want to say that. Because you have to be very sexy in this role, too. So, And she does that. And I think she has really good chemistry with Bale. So I think they play off of each other really well. Uh, and I just wish they had had her in it more. Honestly, that's that's my complaint is... She's not in it enough, and I wish they had developed her a little bit more. Okay, so I, w- I want to say it's funny when I did this outline because I did not include Talia on here because I frankly had kind of forgotten about her until I rewatched it, even though she's so essential, and I rewatched it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So <laughs> we're going to combine these two. Um and I feel bad. This this is the only one of the series that I had not watched more than once until this time. This is my second time ever watching it. There are many There are reasons for that other than I think it's the worst in the series. It also has to do with the thing we'll talk about in a little bit. But so, Carla, what are your thoughts on Bane and Talia? <laughs> we can talk well, about both I, of them.
2: <laughs> you know what? I, I don't blame you for having forgotten about Talia because I did too. And I have I've watched this movie more than once before this rewatch, and I'm like, right, right, this lady is, uh, is in this too, and you know, like Marion Cotillac is, she's really great, but she is so forgettable in this movie, I think because Bane looms so large, and so much, of, so much of the, of the movie is devoted to kind of pitching holding her into the love interest role where it's easy to forget about her as a substantial character of consequence. And that's, you know, that's just because all of these movies kind of put women into this role of, you're here to be the romantic interest. And anything that you do beyond that is just extra. And and you can think of later for giving you more to do. So for for her, a lot of the time is spent on Wayne kind of, trying to not woo her but trying to keep her happy as a as an investor. And there is that kind of like oh will they won't they thing a little bit throughout. But then when it's revealed that she's Talia al Ghul, suddenly she becomes more interesting and only like marginally honestly because the whole al Ghul thing is just oh god they're bringing this crap back. When they tell us early on that bane is part of the league of shadows and that he trained under under Russell ghoul and that he's and that he was even too extreme for him and that tells you something it's like okay sure okay whatever all right now you've instantly bored me by tying him into this character that i barely cared about in the first movie but what made bane stand out is first of all that voice because it's hilarious that. I mean, people made fun of, of the, the Christian Bale Batman voice, but the the, the Bane voice like with Tom Hardy was even more ridiculous because it, it's just like, it sounds like what a cartoon sounds like. It, it sounds like he went for what they wanted in a cartoon where it's just, it, it's really kind of over the top and a little bit silly. And I, I, it doesn't mean that it's still not creepy because I think he's one of the scariest characters in this whole trilogy uh aside from the joker i i he's just i think it's in part because of the 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 bulk of the man he's such a a big imposing character and he sincerely does not give a crap about anything he just shows up wanting to to destroy gotham he he can't be reasoned with he thinks he's absolutely right And because he's part of the League of Shadows, the League of Shadows, as Russell explains it, calls civilizations from time to time. time. It's like, you have grown too corrupt, too unjust. We're going to take you down to the studs and um, whoever survives, survives, but most of you won't. And he takes us to an extreme. To like a very gory, scary extreme. And I don't like Bane. I I there's a lot that I don't enjoy about this third movie because of Bane, but he's also fascinating and he's also terrifying. And he and Talia together because it, it gets revealed that oh, Bane is not the, the person in charge here. It's actually Talia. And she's he's just basically a goon for her. And that's you know, that whole idea that even Bane can be controlled. By some, that even Bane has a boss put it that way that somebody's always answering to somebody above them that there's always a hierarchy and that somebody always has to sing for their supper it was very interesting to a point as far as the villains go um, but again it, it they're trying to cram too many villains into one story and um, the, the one saving grace with this movie is that Bane was interesting because he was so inscrutable, and that Catwoman is so fascinating because other than that, it's just an okay flick. Although I will say that that football game is etched into my memory. Um, seeing Heinz Ward playing one of the you know the um, Gotham City's uh, football players running through that field just getting that touchdown, not really noticing anything other than the fact that he's running and he's doing his job and he's doing great. He turns around. Oh, where did the field go? It's amazing. It's an amazing scene. And I, you know, I, I I don't, I don't care about any of the, that's not true. I do care about some of the other stuff that Bane did, but this was just like a visually stunning sequence. And I, I, I really appreciate the film for that because it was just great to watch.
1: Susie, your thoughts on Bane and then Talia too, if you want to stop. Her. <laughs> Even though I totally forgot.
0: So Talia very much occupies the same space for me as Rachel does. I feel like in the movies that yeah. they're in, they're very much an afterthought and they're just like, Oh crap. We need like a somewhat serious, maybe romantic interest. Uh, who who can we throw in? Uh, let's make up a childhood romance for the first two, and then ah, uh, this is the end of the trilogy. Um, Rashad Ghoul had a daughter, didn't he? Yeah, let's throw in there. You know, last minute. Because honestly, in their scenes together, there is no chemistry. They kiss like two pieces of Wonder Bread. There's nothing there. And it is very sad. Because, <laughs> like, in outside of the Nolan verse, they have like this passionate love affair. Those two that results in Damian Wayne. And it's like, this is going to result in nothing but disappointment. Like, that's all I'm getting from this pairing. Like <laughs> It happens to every guy, you know, everyone's sorry, oh, I know. <laughs> but it's just like, who? <laughs> and it's, I'm sorry, like, Marion Cotillard, she's very talented in other things, but in this one, I don't know what happened. Like, it's not.
2: This she's... was just like a fat paycheck.
0: Yeah, she was just like, all right, do you see how much is, how much is, what's on the paycheck? All right, give me that. I'm going to show up on set, so I'm going have my cookies backstage, and I'm ready to go. I don't know that's what I would ask for either cookies or donuts like can somebody just have like donuts, <laughs> donuts for me ready
1: <laughs> I'll set those are your demands when you become
0: <laughs> those are my demands just donuts donuts and cookies a specific yes. kind of donut <laughs> um with sprinkles that's my favorite flavor sprinkles any sprinkles mm. but yeah yeah i just like sprinkles <laughs> they're fun but um. you know
2: i i get the, the same feeling from Katie Holmes Maggie Gyllenhaal and Marion Cotillard that it's just like, okay, well, you know, like it's it's good money. Like yeah. there's no real heart involved in the in, in them for the project. It's just like, all right, well, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like got a, got I, a superhero like, movie under my, my next, belt. Like when's my next role? All right, this will fill up time between now and then. <laughs> This'll pay for the extra rock and my Chipotle bowl. It's fine. <laughs> but it's just like the Talia Ghoul character is so much more interesting in the comics. And in here it's just devoid of life. And you're like, what? What happened here, y'all? Like, why would you give me this? And let me tell you, Bane, who chose? What was the creative decision behind this voice?
2: Who? (laughs) I don't know. Susie, why don't you tell me?
0: (laughs) Was Tom Hardy just like, yes? (laughs) I I can't even do it. I can't even do it. I can only do it if I go. (laughs) You think darkness is your ally? This is the voice I'm using for the whole movie. Like, (laughs) when did Arnold Schwarzenegger's like Mr. Freeze lend his voice to this film? What is this? Like, like I want to know. But I was even watching it like today to get ready, and I and I turned to my mom and I said, Do you think? That this is him doing the voice, or did they hire a voice actor to do this? Because I could not like literally, I could not like decide. I thought it was like a Darth Vader situation, like someone else came in and do the voice, and he was just like the physical part of the of the acting. <laughs> because it's what and what I think is even funnier is that like this has become a joke within the DC in of itself, because every subsequent appearance of Bane has had him do this voice like like the animated version of Bane, the Lego version of Bane, like every other subsequent version after Bane where he pops up, he's doing this voice and you're like, "Why would you do this?" <laughs> That's funny. And I'm a little miffed at the fact that they took away his luchador roots. Like he had like he has this badass like luchador mask and he like, he, like, roids up with this drug called Venom that's, like, green and glows and everything. And, like, I don't know how you translate that into the Nolanverse, but that could have been cool. Or just give him, like, a fun, like, badass luchador mask. Which explains his fighting prowess and how he's able to, like, take the bat and slam him over his knee like a Lucha door move. And just like, ding, ding, done.
2: Yeah. Well, again, you know, they could have just written out the woman character. It really made this better. But that that, that just, to me, proves extra hard how much Nolan does not care about women especially in this universe it's like women are there because we have to have them otherwise somebody's gonna complain about the lack of women so we're just gonna write one in she's not gonna make any sense and we're not gonna care about her also i am
0: very concerned about like they i think they try to work in a romance with these two like him and talia because she says the only reason her dad kicked him out was because he loved her too much. And I'm like, hold on. Is this a brotherly love? <laughs> a fatherly love? I thought love? of it as
1: brotherly. I never thought of I it was, as
0: romantic. Because I was like, this is getting kind of... Because there was honestly more chemistry between those two than her and there Batman. Was, yeah. And I was like, yes. That's true. I was
2: like, what's this? Someone me- that was always the impression that I got, though, that, that like, they were trying to make it seem like they were like, oh, um, Bane.
1: Oh, oh see, man. I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. I didn't get that at all. I got it that um maybe Bane was in love with her, but that she thought of him as disposable. I and cr- she used to think of him as someone that helped her. And then when she got older and when she's in this in this time period, I think she's kind of just using him. That's mm. what I got is that he was maybe in love with her, but she never had any romantic inkling towards him. That
2: that was because she's an Al Ghul and they don't
1: care <laughs> about people. They don't
0: care about anything. I don't know. That was love. I, I never thought
1: that prison. she was like they were ever romantically involved. Maybe that he might have carried a yeah, torch for I don't her, know. but never. I just
0: like that that seemed sus to me. Like I couldn't figure out what kind of like love it was. And I was just like, This is odd. I don't... Mm. A weensy bit suspicious, my man. Like, I don't... Mm. I don't know how to feel... But.
2: but, you know, I, I think, again, that goes back to the, the the fact that in a heteronormative world, you just have two characters together. One is a woman, one is a man. It's assumed that they have some sort of, of you know, romantic or sexual involvement, and that it's just lazy writing and directing to um to just have them be there and have the audience assume that and not even push for any semblance of chemistry because the woman is secondary like she's not even like an an actual thought anyway we're just going to make it kind of like you know we can throw in there um some aspect of of either romance or or sex and that's good enough let's move on to a character who's more who's more interesting and definitely male
0: yeah, and what I think is even greater to that is that the fact that there's more chemistry between those two. Like yeah. you can see more chemistry between her and Bane than her and Batman. And you're like, well, what's what's the yeah, deal 100%. then? 100 percent Yeah. Like in that case, just like either just cast a different actress in that case. Cause it's
2: just like it doesn't matter. But that's the thing, is like it doesn't matter who they who they would have cast because they don't care about the character. They didn't write her to care about her. Or to make her three dimensional in any way, it's let's bring in anybody who fits our definition of a woman, and um, and I guess we'll give her some dialogue because I guess we should. Yeah.
0: Like I, 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 really, I really want share to some
2: trivia with you guys. Like it's I really, really want to
0: know yeah. what like <laughs> I haven't looked into this at all, but I just I'm really curious as to know why. Like if Christopher Nolan has any passion towards the DC universe and or just writing characters well, because it doesn't. <laughs> but just to end off my uh, my Bane tangent is that a fun fact, the coat for Bane took a lot longer to make than the Batmobile, because Sherling coats uh. were not in style when the designer was making this so she had to source all the materials herself and make it herself whereas in some cases you could like buy a coat and then tailor it to the specifications and the funny but sad part is is that in the fall of that year (laughs) that the movie came out when they were. Uh, GQ announced that Sherling coats were in fashion, so that's when everyone started to sell them. Oh, As people funny. were like, "Oh, did you copy GQ? Because you said <laughs> that coat's were in fashion." Like they asked the costume designer this, and she was like, "No, nope. you copied us. <laughs> I was working for years to get this coat made, and now you decide to say it's in style. Are you kidding me?" <laughs>
1: That's that's an interesting that's an interesting fact. Yeah. Well, I'm here to defend Bane and his voice, apparently. Number one, you have to admit this is 100,000 times better than Bane in Batman and Robin. I mean. Oh, well, that's, that's easy.
2: It's <laughs> fish in a barrel.
1: I actually like Bane's voice and I liked it more the second time than I watched it today. And I knew that I was probably going to be alone in this but I like it. I, it it's the character. I think it's menacing. I don't think it's silly. <laughs> and I'm just going to say that I enjoyed it. I thought it added something. Um, another little trivia. Um, Tom Hardy is shorter than Christian Bale and um, uh, Gary Oldman. And so he had to wear lifts through this whole thing so that he could appear taller and more imposing. So just a little trivia I thought I'd throw out there. Uh, And he also is a huge Tom Hardy in real life is a huge Batman fan. And he said it was really at first very hard for him to beat up Batman because he only is beating up his childhood idol. So (laughs) a little cute little story there. Uh, But so adorable. Yeah. I, I, you know, I have many issues with this film. And I do think. I think Bane is an interesting character to also examine with the stuff that he's trying to say about you know starting things over and you know um leveling the playing field and getting rid of certain
2: Oh my god. What? I you know and all of my Blathering on about the the voice and about Tali and everything, I completely forgot to say that Bane made a lot of good points.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I think so interesting about him is that yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you can, especially right, and I think even more so now than when the movie came out.
2: Yeah. Um, just because of everything, he definitely going on had that him. that eat the rich the mentality, and yeah. it, it's it's true. It's like there's yeah. no reason why, like that scene where all of these people are. Um, getting kicked out of their you know like the the semblance to the Fifth Avenue penthouses like they're getting Mm -hmm. kicked out of these like fancy places I was like I'm sorry I I just don't have a lot of sympathy for you
0: getting kicked out in your mink coat
2: with your tiny puppy when Mm -hmm. you've lived a life of riches and you have not shared that wealth with anybody and it's the same issue that I have with Bruce Wayne that yeah it's really easy to sit there and brood in your billionaire compound when a lot of the people living in the city don't even have access to, um, I was joking about my HMO, but yeah, like a lot of people don't have even access to proper healthcare that could yeah. help them in any way. And you're sitting there whining in your mansion with your butler and your maids.
0: Yeah, even Catwoman yeah. brings this up to him and and she's like, oh, I guess you're broke now and you lost everything. And he's like, no, then let me keep the mansion. And she even tells him, well, I guess the rich don't get poor like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and that that's why I think Bane is an interesting character to, to look at from that standpoint is that In a lot of respects, you can agree with everything he's doing and everything he's saying, and especially now it seemed even more that way, watching it in pandemic times, and how that's really, really shined a light on the disease in this country is capitalism, and uh, that's a lot of what I think Bain is also talking about. And but there's a way to do it, and you know that's what this film is kind of critiquing, and is, you know, there's a way to take that down that would work in a way that wouldn't and that kind of thing. But I liked Bane and I liked the voice. I just wanted to defend the voice because I don't think it's as awful as everybody says <laughs> it is. So I'm just going to defend that. I think Tom Hardy is really good in this. I, I like Tom Hardy. I'm a fan of Tom, Tom Hardy's, which I wasn't always. That was someone that kind of took me some time, but I, I, I like him. Plus, any person that is as big of a dog advocate as he is, and also a pit bull advocate, is always going to be like, it's not the only reason, but it's a big reason <laughs> um, that that he gets an A plus from me. Um, so I don't really have too much more to add. I just wanted to make sure to mention that that it is an interesting parallel to the world we're in and how it is an interesting question and it, there is a part of you that can see exactly why he is doing this, and can side with him. And yeah, I didn't feel any, any like sorrow for all these people getting kicked out. I didn't care. It was like you didn't really have that in there. And as far as Talia goes, a little trivia here: Nolan was determined, determined to have Marianne Caltiè play this role. This was very hard to do. Um, she was pregnant at the time when they did this. And he even changed the shooting schedule to make sure she could be in this movie. So this was that's why I thought it was funny, because I kept listening to everybody talking about that. I'm like, well, actually, this wasn't something necessarily that I think you know, if this was something Christopher Nolan was determined, which makes it even sadder because he was that determined to have her in this and wanted her in this
0: role. And yet he didn't give her much to do. <laughs> it's so sad to me. Do you, think, think, you know, she like that tells me like, even more. Do you think she's was sort of like, Oh, I don't want to say yes. I'm pregnant. Can't <laughs> so do it. And then, like, I'll oh, move the shooting schedule. And she's like, Crap. You got me
2: there. <laughs> but yeah, it's that just goes to show you even more how little he cares about women characters that he fights for this particular actress to get the role. And then he still completely underserves her. And This I know. is a really, this is like a fantastic actress and, and you're just going to just give her scraps and be like, Oh, I wrote this for you. Like, Oh, thanks. I know. You know like like y- 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 your kid gives you like the worst macaroni drawing in the class and you have to be like, Oh, I'm so excited for this.
0: <laughs> you're like, "This is a Vinci. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It's very, it's,
2: yeah, it's just Just in case my son ever listens to this, sweetheart, you do not give me mediocre macaroni drawings. You're, you're, all of your art is beautiful and I treasure it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting when we talk about the prestige because that's also a Nolan flick. <laughs> so, <laughs> by the way, in case everybody forgot that,
2: <laughs> it'll be interesting indeed.
1: Uh, no, I'm looking forward to that one. That, that's the one that everybody was the most excited to do, So, which didn't surprise me. That's why I made sure to put it on the schedule. So yeah, I don't have much to add to it, but I wanted to just put that in there because I just thought that was a funny little trivia because of the fact that she's so thinly written and he was so passionate about the fact that he had to have her in this movie.
2: With the Lucky land Slots, you can get lucky just
1: about anywhere. So the end, you think Batman died and sacrificed himself, but he really faked his death and ran away with Catwoman uh, to give a happy ending for himself to retire and to also give a happy ending (laughs) to Alfred and then another kind of happy ending (laughs) to Catwoman.
2: (laughs) Happy endings all around. That's what the Wayne money can buy you. Yes, cause, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like I know that you're, you know, you don't care about my money and my wealth, but let me just tell you. I can buy some very interesting toys we could have some fun with, Catwoman.
0: He has no money. He's broke. You know what they're doing? Yeah, that's he's right. He's living off of Catwoman's exploits. That's what they're doing. <laughs> he's living off of the sugar money. baby.
1: He has some money. He has money somewhere. He has, like, he
2: has like offshore accounts somewhere. Yes. We're I mean, sure. he has
1: money. Yes, yes. And he has lots of toys. Uh, before he left, he's like, Fox, I need you to make me these special toys. Fox is <laughs> like, "Um, These are kind of weird toys you're asking me to make here. He's like, Oh, no, trust just me. Just
2: make for- them. Yeah,
1: this is for crime fighting. I promise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of small and it just wiggles a lot. Don't worry about it. Yeah,
0: that's for uh, rough exploits. That's for spelunking.
2: It's a different kind of spelunking you haven't heard of it Fox. I beg you, I have and then they sure could giggle over that
1: oh my gosh but so that's what happens there and then it's setting up for something that never ever ever happens past here oh. and that's for joseph gordon levitt to become the next batman and for joseph gordon levitt to be robin because at the very end that one character the one secretary says you should use your full name robin and then i rolled my eyes so hard that's same- it
0: Actually, <laughs> fell out of my head because I. Yes, hate that but again, anyway. because
2: he, he's he's a poor orphan. We get it, Aaron.
0: <laughs> it's so on the nose. Like if you're gonna put in a Robin, just have his name. Be like, oh, you should use his full name. Like, oh, Dick, no, Richard. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, uh, 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 uh. Anyway, so Carla, what did you think of the ending overall?
2: I really liked it. I really did. I thought that it wrapped up the trilogy very nicely. I like, I you know. Whenever we, we talk about a movie where it's not tied up in a epo, I'm like, I like it when it's not tied up in a epo. And then when we talk about movies where it's tied up in a epo, I'm like, I like things tied up in a epo. I guess it's just like everything. I'm not very particular is what I'm getting at. Uh, but I, I do like that this is all very, like, tidy. You know, you have Bruce Wayne survives and he is uh, moving on. He's finally moving on. He's moving on from Rachel, from his parents. From um, his need to protect Gotham the way that his in a way that his father would approve of, um, and from the the need to just be there and control everything because a lot of what Batman is about is about control. He doesn't actually trust the city to run itself. He doesn't trust um, he trusts Gordon to do the right thing, but he doesn't trust him enough to just let him do it. It's like he has to always have, Tiene que meter la he always has to have his, his hand in there somehow. Um, Susie's so laughing because she gets it. <laughs> but, the ending is, just he's finally releasing all of that. He's finally letting himself find happiness, and you know, and and for him, happiness is moving on with Selena, which I think is great because I think that they're a really true match. He and Rachel were never a match. She was this, um, fascination that he had from the vestiges of his youth that that were simple and uncomplicated and in a time where his parents were still alive. So it was, you know, I'm sure that he liked her as a person, but I don't think that that was actual love. That was just clinging to a past. And Selena is a genuine match for him because they're both very smart, very... Uh, they have a, a similar weird sense of humor. They both get what it's like to be lonely and alone and to fight for what you believe is right, however it is that they go about it, which is very different. So I was really glad to see that. And, you know, like, I also ship them. I, I think Catwoman and, and Batman are are just a really cool, fun couple. Um, they both dress in all black, which is fun, you know, Sartorially they're they're a good match as well. And that that ending that where he lets Alfred see that he's going to be okay, which I think is the the best gift you can give to a parent, is to let them know, I'm going to be fine and you don't have to worry about me anymore. You can live your life for you. Um, you don't have to come back here every year and hope that you run into me. I, I really think that that's it, it, it just it, it's a really loving gesture between between them. It made me so happy to see it and it was so fulfilling. And I I, I would of course love to see more, you know, I, I would love to see domestic Selena and Bruce Adventures, but where domestic actually means them going off and you know, um having some really, really fun sex yes, somewhere. Really. Yes, where they, 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 they're like oh we have to we have to demo this kitchen to so that we can get the, the, the new cabinets installed. Hmm but demoing is really expensive, Bruce. How shall we do it? Well Selena, I have a few ideas. Oh Bruce, oh Selena, all right,
1: <laughs> really, <this> movie, man. <laughs> I know Christian Bale never wants to play this character again, but just for this. <laughs>
2: Just for this little vignette. Um, but yeah, I was I was actually like really excited about Joseph Gordon Levitt's character because I really liked Officer Blake. I thought he was great. I he's he's exactly what Bruce wanted in an official that's that this is all the stuff that he liked in Jim Gordon, that um that he's he's smart, he's capable, he he's after the truth and he wants what's best for the city. That's all he wants. And it makes absolute sense that he leaves him the Batman legacy. I would have loved to have seen what Joseph Gordon-Levitt could bring to that role because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a great actor. He's surprising and he does just, he, he covers so many different types of, of roles. I I would have absolutely have loved to have seen what he did with this. It would have been a lot of fun. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, like the, the one sad note in all of this is that here we go again with Catwoman being reduced to the lady love, and to um, her her whole purpose in the end was to provide a stable ground for Batman to land on, and because it's another role of a woman to give a, a man a cozy bos- a, a cozy bosom to lay his head on at the end of a difficult day of being the tough guy and she catwoman deserved so much more and as much as i ship them if they had done more for catwoman throughout the movie i would have been that much more excited for them to end up together at the end but i mean like this is as good as it was gonna get in in, um, in this um universe and i will take it because for whatever. What else am I going to do about it? Write one myself. Oh. I'll do it. I'll do it, the, it. DC. DC films. With the, kitchen with the demolition. demolition. Yes, we'll start with the kitchen demo. There. <laughs> yes.
0: I
1: mean, Christian lives with you, so he owes you.
2: <laughs> he he does. He really does. I can just be like, you know, I'll pay you on marshmallows, and he he might say yes. I'll pay you
1: on marshmallows. I really, you know, if I when I get to interview Christian Bale, one of my questions is going to be, "Do you like
2: marshmallows?" <laughs> Carla insists that you do. That's so weird.
0: he will be like I've oh, never even
2: heard of marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so, Susie, what are your thoughts on the ending? I thought it was fine.
0: <laughs> I think it's an okay way to wrap up this trilogy um to show that like Batman didn't completely lose himself and give all of himself to the city that he was still able to like get away and make a life for himself and find some sort of happiness and in doing so he's even able to give like a little bit of closure to his surrogate father like i i i like thinking that he like purposely took what Alfred said to heart uh, when he told him, I would always go to this one restaurant and, and wherever, and I would look at the tables and wait to see if maybe I could see you with happy with a woman of your own, a family of your own. and, and we'd just look at each other and give a nod and that'd be it. but I'd know that you were fine and i think that's a nice touch at the end that he's at that same restaurant and they just like give each other this nod and you know, continue with their lives it's a f- i think it's a fun touch that he held on to the pearls to give them back to catwoman <laughs> like when he took them off her when they were at the ballroom and he's like i want my mother's pearls back thank you and then he just get- and then like presumably at some point he gave them back It was like you're right they look better on you thank you <laughs> but um like Jim got to know who he was working with all this time he's able to like grieve Batman but st- and Bruce but still continue working Lucius is able to also grieve and go on to whatever adventures are next for him which i'm assuming are great things um i wasn't mm, i thought the ending with with Robin was fine I wasn't like overly enthused by it. I did think it was really great to have his character in there as someone who Jim could count on because up until that point, Jim has just been surrounded by people who didn't believe in him, who didn't, who he wasn't able to fully trust. And it was great to see him able to like kind of treat Robin as like a younger him and give him the trust that he needed and give him kind of in a way like the credit that he himself wasn't necessarily given as a younger cop and to see Robin take that to heart and be like okay so he entrusted me with this and I'm gonna and he's trusting that I know how to work this out and that I know how to do all these things and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna help as many people as I can and I'm gonna save as many people as I can and that also really resonates with Batman, because I feel like maybe Batman, like, maybe that could be, like, an ideal version of himself, someone who's not yet, like, jaded and hurt by everything that he's lost, someone who can still, like, want to make a change, but not be, like, overly hurt, like, he's very, like, like, Robin is very optimistic, he's like, yeah, I don't need a mask. I'm not, I don't care if people see me doing all these good things and fighting against all this bad. Like, let them see. Like, I don't care. And even Batman tells him, like, no, you need to chill. The mask is to protect the people you love. And I recommend this for you to protect people that you love. And he's like, all right, fine. I get it now. And, like, I'm not, like, overly happy with with how Robin's story ended because I feel like he didn't need to take on the like take on the mantle of Batman to do what he's doing I feel like it would have been more interesting to see like maybe if we get kind of suggested that he's going to become his own sort of vigilante or he's going to do other things differently Or maybe I know that he gets very disillusioned with the police force after that altercation on the bridge when the police officer blows up the bridge and he's like, you're going to kill us all. He throws away his badge after it. I think it would have been maybe more interesting to see like him like meeting back up with with Jim and being like, "Okay, so this guy was a piece of crap. I want to make sure that we build a Gotham and maybe have a police department that's not gonna be full of people like him, that's gonna be full of people that we can trust, full of people that can work towards a greater good, or just something. Cause, I, cause the, like the idea was that was just to like, have it like kind of lay to rest. Cause now Gotham can count on other people to be its heroes and not lay its weight and expectations all on one perceived figure on one man.
1: Whoa. Your voice just is like a Batman thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <it> Whoa. <laughs> I thought it was just what I was hearing. No. I was like did Bane take over Susie's stream wow. because I am terrified now.
0: Talk again. Susan. I have no idea what just happened. It yeah, went away. Just yeah and that your
2: that voice went... went yeah that was oh my
0: gosh that was <laughs> Wow, this is why <laughs> I drink copious amounts of water to
1: avoid this
0: slippage of tone. Wow, that was
1: wow.
2: Lubricate those cords, cause wow, yeah.
1: that was intense.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, that's it for me.
1: That was wow. I was like, "What just happened there?"
2: That timing was also too perfect. <laughs> it was too perfect. <laughs>
0: me um (laughs) i'm gonna end it there (laughs)
1: okay (laughs) i loved that batman and catwoman ended up together of course because i shipped them hardcore so that to me was a great ending i loved that alfred got to see a happy ending for bruce that was such a great perfect scene lovely that should have been the last shot in the movie not what we did get his last shot uh, I liked that a lot. I liked that you saw that Bruce was retiring from being Batman. I appreciated that. And yes, we needed more Catwoman in the movie, like I said earlier, so it would have been nice to see that. So now we need the remodeling years. Um-
2: <laughs> <laughs> just white men just up and down, like fashionable European coasts, and just. Bang their way through remodels. <laughs> bang
1: their way through remodels. It could
2: be their HG HGTV show banging our way through remodels. <laughs> well, Bruce, what do you think about the 17th century Spanish colonial? <laughs> well, Selena, I think they could do with a better backsplash. Well, you know, first we have to get rid of this wall. What do you say we go about that? Did you hire the the, the jackhammer? Well, I brought one with me.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We need you, this. You do a bit of a crossover with Marvel, and he goes, Are you ready? Are you worthy to wield this hammer? <laughs> oh,
1: and another crossover, Susie. We could bring Valiant Thor in, too. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so I could say the name Valiant Thor. Oh another hundred fights.
0: <laughs> and, and then. The fudge. And then- Freaking, freaking, just, Finn walks
1: in. I'm not the one who brought it up. but that... Yeah, that was me. That was
0: me. I don't know who he would play, but that's fine. He can just walk in. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's there to um walk the dogs in the rain. He's the, yeah. he's the dog walker. <laughs> I'm
1: the dog walker. That's like the I'm the pizza delivery guy. (laughs) Or like in Friends when Joey plays the guy who's there to fix the (laughs) copier? So I liked that part of the ending. I'm going to say something that I guess certain people aren't going to like here. I hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. Hate, 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 hate him in this movie. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Christopher Nolan don't mix. I hate him in Christopher Nolan movies. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him in Inception, one of the worst performances I have ever seen. So I don't give a crap what happens to his character. I was bored by his character. I hated that the last shot had anything to do with him. I hated that he was Robin. I knew he was Robin the whole time. Hated it. He was boring. He was white bread. I didn't care. That's all I have to say about that. Wow, Carlos. Just- She's just her, her mouth is
2: agape. She's I, I, I don't know what to do with this with this information. I I feel like I have to rethink my participation in the rest of this month because am <laughs> like, sorry. Wow. Wow. I'm and sorry. you know what? Okay. Um th- he's getting up off the couch because he has something to say about this as well. No,
1: no, no. Apparently you have
2: offended somebody else in this room.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. Hi, Christian. Hello.
2: Hello, Erin. I am here to speak to you in my serious voice. Okay. Because I may be smiling on the outside, but I am aghast on the inside. As you know, my dear, dear friend, (laughs) Joseph Yeah. played the Robin in the last Batman film, and he was fantastic. (laughs) He was spectacular. He was everything I could have hoped for and more. I am just so surprised at your attitude towards him and his acting. And these teeth that I am showing only hide my disappointment. I'm so I
1: sorry. I cannot believe
2: you. You should be sorry, Eden. On this, my special month, that you would speak that way about my friend. August, <laughs> I say. August.
1: I'm terribly sorry. Please forgive me. I'll give you some marshmallows. He's
2: um, he's he stormed off. Wow.
0: He's stormed
2: off. I, I, I outside of like films, I've never seen him move this fast. <laughs> like he 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 just threw the marshmallows down on the couch and he walked over from the couch. And Aaron, I've never seen that happen before in the last <laughs> almost year that he's lived here.
1: Here's the thing. I I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and other things. I think his performance in the movie Mysterious Skin is one of the best performances I've ever seen. His performance in Brick is amazing. His performance in this movie that handles uh, mental health very well called, it also has Don Cheadle in it. Oh my God, what is the name of that movie? So I think his performance in a lot of things are good. I just don't like him in this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just hate him in this so much. I think it's the character too. I just don't, I hate this character. I've always hated this character. I think this character is so boring and vanilla. And I just, it's just, uh, I don't care. And, you know, I, like I said, I only like, you know, my very rich orphans. This is not true, by the way, people. Manic is the name of the movie. But, but I just, uh, yeah. So I've, I've ruined the rest of this podcast by my opinion. So I apologize, but it had to wow. be. Sad. I had to be honest. I had to be
2: honest. I I will say Christian was nodding along to those um, to those movies that you were talking about that you were praising JGL for. So I think he's a little bit less mad.
1: Oh, good, good.
2: I I, I do see him eyeing the marshmallows again. That's a good sign. (laughs) That's
1: a good sign. It's
2: it's a good sign. Not for me. Not for me. For you, certainly it is. Not for me. (laughs) Not for you because it just means more marshmallow money.
1: Oh man, I did not expect
2: Maybe some of your Patreon can go towards Marshmallow money for Christian Bale (laughs) (laughs) You know, everybody If you support It's a Fandom Thing podcast on Patreon Not only do you get Exclusive access to some content You also feed Christian effing Bale (laughs) Extra marshmallows (laughs) Because Carla can only afford so many (laughs) In a given month
1: you would think with all his Batman money, he could buy himself some marshmallows.
2: This man, let me tell you, he hasn't paid a damn thing.
1: <laughs> well, and he's been there, what, since, like, what, March?
2: Since, like, April.
1: Wow. He's been here since,
2: like, April, not paying a thing. Like... When his family came over, he started tipping in a little bit because he's like, oh, you know, it's my family. I know you only have so much money, and I only expect you to pay for me. And I'm like, Christian, do did not expect me to pay for you at all? He's like, oh, but I do. This is your life now. Accept it. Wow. (laughs) He's just looking generous. (laughs) Oh,
1: Christian. Okay, so we're going to move on to something serious here. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, no this is really serious so I want to give a couple of little trigger warnings here so we're going to talk briefly about the theater shooting here in Aurora Colorado and it happened at one of the you know late night showings of the Dark Knight Rises as everybody probably knows and I think it tainted the film of course and I thought it was important just to bring up because, I I don't think you can talk about this movie without talking about it because it's so much a part of its history and the lore of the whole movie. And actually I think became part of the whole franchise after that too, in a way. And so I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the shooter. In fact, I don't want to talk about him at all uh, because he's talked about way too much. And so I'd rather talk about just if this affected Either of you in the fact of like if you uh, hesitated seeing this movie in the theater, if it changed the way you viewed movie theaters um, at all, if you had any kind of like reaction
0: to this Carla
2: Well, of course my initial reaction was just horror because it was an absolutely horrible thing to to have happened. People go to to movies for for respite from the everyday life you know we 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 go because we want to get away from things for a little bit just enjoy a different world that's not our own to get lost in a story um and this is a and and you know of course other shootings since then that have violated other sacred spaces and i think that that us three were were big fans of of film and media in general so entertainment is very important to us and to have one of our houses tainted in this way it really hits us hard I always think about the the families affected and how they just went out for a good time to watch a movie that they wanted to enjoy and how that I, I can't imagine what the, the rest of their lives of their 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 families and surviving loved ones lives feel like after that um I know for me personally it it did make me very weary like I, I just having fewer and fewer spaces where you feel safe in a country that glamorizes gun ownership and that puts the onus on its citizens to defend themselves instead of tackling the very serious issues of Gun control, and the things that should be done to um, to reduce to reduce these instances, which have only become more commonplace since then, it's really terrifying. It's really terrifying. It anytime that something like like this happens, it really makes you think twice about going to a place where you previously felt safe, and the fact that we have had so many more of these happen. On an ongoing basis since then, only speaks to how um, little this country as a whole, um, particularly those in the position of power to make things better, care about the individual when they stand to profit from from gun manufacturers and the um, the gun lobbyists. And I I just, I, I wish that it weren't the case that we even have to talk about this, that so many of our important and sacred spaces keep being invaded to the point where in this country it's hard to feel safe anywhere. And I don't think that's a... Unfortunately, this is just a part of a larger... Quilt of um, of just like the fabric of this country of individualism and of saying, "Well, I'm profiting from this, so I'm not going to care about what's happening to these individuals because it doesn't benefit me." So I, I think that that it just goes so much deeper than um, than a, a feeling of of safety at a movie theater when. This being a part of a, of a, if it were just an isolated incident, it would be so much easier to say, well, gosh, this was awful. I, I'm so glad that that it's not a prevalent thing, but it is. So it, it just it's just so much harder to feel safe anywhere. And like I said, I, I just I, I think a lot about the the, the families of um, the survivors and the families affected by gun violence in this instance and in all other instances that are just entirely too common in the united states Susie,
0: i agree with a majority of what Collar has said um ditto for most of it i like personally i don't really want to go into it a lot because like even if even though it's been like god i don't even know how long it still hurts to know that people were hurt like that and continue to be hurt in that manner and that very little has been done to create effective and radical change and that for the most part this country values profit over the safety of its people and It just hurts. Like personally, I didn't want to see this movie in theaters. And for the longest, like for months after, I didn't go to a theater because I wasn't sure if I could be safe. And even after that, I wasn't sure if I was really safe anywhere. And I still think that today, like like the only place that I can feel like 100% safe is my own room like anywhere out of that is like an unknown variable and even now like whenever I go to the theater like I like to know where the exit signs are if anyone gets out of their seats for anything I'm watching them if anyone comes into the theater I'm watching them because I'm like part of me is still on alert and I like when it comes to like new releases and stuff I generally don't like going to pack theaters and I have friends who love doing that they love going to premieres and they love being there like on release day and they don't care who they're sitting next to or where they're going as long as they're there and I I get that I get the emotion of experiencing a film like right when it's out and right when it's premiering and having that shared experience with people but also part of me can't Really, bring myself to do it most times because there's always that question in the back of my head: "What if?" And it just—it I feel like it takes a person stronger than me to be able to do that. Which is, I—I really hate that this is the kind of world that we have to live in. Well, thank you, Susie. and I'm and I'm sorry.
1: I—I I mean, and I don't think you should say you're not a strong person because you don't want to i mean personally i don't think it necessarily makes you not a strong person cuz you don't want to go and put yourself in a situation that you're afraid to put yourself in i want to say that i had friends that were at the theater where this happened so it, it you know it's we've had a few of these here in colorado more than i would Like, and they're everywhere, but you know, it's just there have been a a lot of these here. Um, not uh, there was one last week, so it's hard with this one, I think, um, for a lot of reasons. But I think you know, knowing people that were there makes it harder. You know, I did end up seeing this in the theater like really soon after this happened, and the reason I went, I really didn't want to. But I went because uh, friends that I knew that were there were like, no, I think people need to go because it was that thing of showing people, you know, we don't want to show that we're not that, you know, that he won. And that was what a lot of people were thinking in that moment. So I went because to show respect to my friends that had been there that had asked for people to go. But it was a very terrifying feeling and there were not very many people in the theater because I remember when I bought the tickets way in advance and it was like sold out, you know, showings were sold out everywhere. And then this happened and lots of people didn't go. Theaters are my safe space, had always been my safe space going to a movie theater. And this definitely tarnished it and tainted it forever forever. When I go to big tentpole movies, big movies that are packed, it's always in the back of my mind. Like Susie said, checking where the exits are, the fact that you now have that as part of the opening thing of, if you see any suspicious activity, report it. You know, there is that part of me that, you know, I remember when I went to go see The Joker and people were talking a lot about that movie. And I was terrified to go see that movie in the theater, but I went and saw it during the day on a weekday and there were like four other people in the theater along with my sister and the pe- the person that made me the most nervous was when I saw a white man come in by himself and it was instantly my thought. And then I kind of, it went out the window after a while it went out, but I still think that way when I go um, the last time I felt that way was actually going to see Halloween kills uh, because that was the most packed theater I've been in since the pandemic, a little bit too packed for the pandemic feeling too. just, but on top of that, that was the first time since this, since then, since um, like the Joker that I felt nervous being in a theater. So when I, so when tentpole movies come out, there's that part of me that wants to see it right away. Not right now with the pandemic, but in pre pandemic times, but then there's also that part, like Susie said, where it's like, uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. I don't know if I feel, if I, if I feel safe with that, you know. So it, it's sad to me that no one in power or no one that could do things to try and help in this wants to. And we knew that was the case when elementary school kids were killed. And nothing was done. And that just shows what this whole country is about. It's the whole freedom crap. And it's not about freedom. We are a very selfish country. We are very self-absorbed. And it goes to capitalism. It's all about capitalism. And capitalism is a disease. It just is. We're all about me, 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 me. And when you have that attitude... And stuff like this happens and you don't do anything about it. It becomes so commonplace that it doesn't even get covered the way it used to get covered anymore. You know, it's just another day that ends in why. I mean, it really is. And it's sad. And it's sad that no place feels safe anymore completely. And that that is sometimes in the back of your head, you know, I mean, grocery stores after King Supers here in, in Boulder. And, you know, also, it's just always there where you're thinking about it. And so it's just sad, really, really sad to me. And it's sad for the families. And yeah, but I wanted to just make sure to mention it and wanted to make sure to to only focus on that part of it, because uh, I just wish I had hope that there was, these would ever go away. And if we just had people that actually seem to actually really, truly care about something other than money. I think that's the only way that happens. I mean, you look at other countries where it happens once and they do something and then you look at us and it's while mental health is something that we do, of course, need to look at that's not what this is all about. I mean, people the the gun gun we we are so obsessed with guns in this country. It's disgusting. I don't get it. I don't I mean, I get it, but I don't get it is what I mean. I just uh anyway, So I want to make sure we don't just end on that, (laughs) that note. Uh, But thank you, Carla. And thank you, Susie. Are you okay, Susie? Just want to check in. Okay. I also want to just say really quickly when when this did happen, I want it since we are highlighting Christian Bale, I do want to highlight this about Christian Bale. Uh, When this happened, Christian Bale came to Colorado, didn't tell anybody he was coming to Colorado. Uh, I mean, of course, they found out when he came here and went and visited a bunch of of the victims and he did that not out of vanity because he didn't tell anyone ahead of time. He didn't make a big public thing about it and he didn't even talk to anybody except for the victims, but he went and did that. And since we are highlighting Christian Bale, I just thought I should highlight that as well. That I think that shows a lot of character there that he did that. So I just want to say that because I know it meant a lot to people. And it meant a lot to Colorado in general, (laughs) honestly, and not just because of he's a celebrity, but just because he did that not as a way of making him look better or the film look better, but because he truly cared about the fact that this happened. So, yeah. Okay, so what I want to end on is we've kind of already talked about how much we love Christian Bale in these roles, but I want to know, Carla, where does he rank for you in Batman and Bruce Wayne?
2: Okay. Look, all right. Nobody is going to displace Michael Keaton for me, even Christian Bale. But he doesn't Storm
1: out now, Garland. Oh, kidding. you
2: know what? I don't care if he storms out. Then I have to buy fewer marshmallows, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I mean, he, he he's fantastic. He's a close second for me. Yeah, I, and I mean, like everybody else, other than than Keaton. Well, and 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 West, of course are just kind of afterthoughts for me. Like, they're, whatever. Take your money and enjoy it, because you have no place in my heart.
1: Not even Ben Affleck.
2: Ben Affleck, who even is that? That's not even a real name.
1: Uh. So, Susie, where does Christian Bale rank for you?
0: Hey, okay, listen, I have different rankings of Batman. So, there's, like, the 90s Batman, and, you know, among the three, think oh gosh like yeah like and then there's like Adam West like 60s 40s Batman and then there's okay so like okay okay so for the modern like modern like iteration 2000s and up iteration of Batman Christian Bales of the ones that have portrayed Batman has done a good job And a job that I'm happy with. And that I can be like, yeah, that's my Batman. Other people, some with the last name of an insurance organization, have done a rather lackluster job, in my humble opinion. And some people who took 10 plus years to become a bat. Because, come on, you're like the worst vampire if it takes you like 10 plus years to become a bat is, like, it's, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm like, yes! He's doing a very good job on the indie circuit. And, like, Lighthouse, great. Batman. He's a really good really actor. He's a
1: really good actor. Yeah,
0: he's really good. Like, people remember him <laughs> yes. for the Cridge Fest. that was the Twilight series. Like, oh my god, that series. You should do, like, an episode on just that because, oh my goodness, oh, there's so god, much we could I, go into. Do I have to do that? <laughs> <laughs> No, just kidding. Just kidding. You don't have to. You don't have to. But... Like, he, like, he, I don't know why people are upset about his casting. He's, he's a very good actor. Like, y'all give him a chance before you throw the movie in the well and forget about it. Like, come on, it's going to be great. And like, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Yes. Andy Circus as Alfred. I'm a little bit, mm, I'm a little bit mm, about, but we'll see. We'll see. Colin uh-huh. Farrell is a penguin is the penguin. Oh my and god. And he looks
1: unrecognizable. He doesn't even one, look like Colin Farrell. That one
0: is the most that I'm like, hmm. I love Colin Farrell, so I'm I'm wary. I'm I'm wary of like any of the villain castings that are not catwoman. I'm like, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Like I like again with the with the whole like Bale and Scarecrow, they're gonna prove me wrong. Certainly so hopefully. Again, like that that's scarecrow. Anyway, but yeah, like the modern iterations of Batman, I think he's done a very good job. Um, Kevin Conroy will always be my number one tippy top Batman. But Christian Bale, he's up there in the top lexicon.
1: Well, Christian Bale's my favorite Batman and my favorite Bruce Wayne in story. <laughs> and I will say when Robert Pattinson was cast, and this is not because I think he's a bad actor, because I think he's a very, very talented actor. It's just people just Think of him as being in the Twilight series, which he hates those anyway. So let's stop. Um, but I, when he was first cast, I was hesitant, and not because of him, just because because of Christian Bale. I I have a hard time picturing anybody else as Batman anymore. So I think that's why. But I'm I'm excited for the new one. But Christian Bale is tops for both for me. It used to be Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is still a very close second. Uh, But Christian Bale is just so. So now Christian Bale can forgive me for my Joseph Gordon-Levitt slander.
2: (laughs) I'll talk to him. We'll see.
1: Okay. (laughs) And then I just quickly want to know which, um, how you rank them. Just number them. You don't have to.
2: Carla. Okay. So so the Dark Knight is number one. Dark Knight Rises is number two. And that's mostly lifted by Catwoman. Oh, yeah, if it if it weren't because of Catwoman, like that would not no. No. And then um Batman begins cuz it's just so long. Jesus. Like so much backstory. My god. <laughs> Needed a nap after that one.
1: I hesitate to tell you how many times I saw that in the theater then. <laughs> I think it was like 5 or 6 times, I'm not even kidding.
2: Well, you you hadn't seen The Wonder of the Other 2.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> The other one, um, <laughs> Susie, how
0: do you rank them? Ooh, so, Dark Knight is number one, it's the one that's been most rewatched in my home, <laughs> so we kind of have it like at the top. And yeah, I think Dark Knight Rises for me, number two, uh, mainly for Catwoman herself. Which- Great. Listen, listen, listen. This is not what I listen, was expecting. Listen, listen, Bane. We are and fans, and have to wait. Bane and Talia kind of bring it down for me a little bit. Like I'll be honest, but then also like I can't feel like I can put. Okay, so Batman begins. I don't. I can't put it third. I don't feel like I can put a third because. Kilian Murphy does a great job as Scarecrow. He's the saving grace of that movie, and I can't do him like that. I can't. So well, you I, have to. Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> never mind. I'm I'm changing it. I love him too much to do this to him. Batman I begins is going second. <laughs> See how clever I am? Because because like oh,
2: you just had to bring that up, didn't you, those Aaron? Those
0: eyes. Those eyes. He got me with those eyes and that hair. Oh my god. Yeah. See Susie and I we had the same hair, I think. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And then and then rises, but I still gotta give a lot of love to Selena Kyle and the scruffy duffy look that Scarecrow has in that movie as like judge, jury, and executioner because yes.
1: So, my rankings, and this is the right way to rank these movies, by the way. <laughs> wow. Is The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Rises. And a lot of that is because of Joseph gordon
2: <laughs> I'm walking off. Good night, everybody. I just spent... I wasn't four and a half hours here just to walk off at the last minute. No <laughs> sign up for me.
1: <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that in my planned but then I just had to. No, it's it's down there because of a lot of reasons not just that. Um I think Catwoman and Bane and are are the saving graces for it for me, but and the ending with Batman and Catwoman save it, but yeah, it's not nowhere near the first two. I mean, like I said, I helped run a fan site for this, so (laughs) I wonder sometimes whatever happened to that site, but anyway. (laughs) Well, this was fun. Thank you, Carla and Susie and Christian Bale for helping us kick off Christian fucking Bale month. Um, And a reminder, get your It's a Christian effing Bale thing merchandise on our Redbubble store because, you know, hey. Maybe by the time we do The Prestige, you'll have it and you can wear it while you watch us. So, yeah. So pick some of that up. Um, We also, of course, have It's a Destiel thing and It's a Fanfic thing. We are going to have other ones coming soon. I don't know when, but coming soon, we're going to have some other ones in there, too. So I'm going to go around and have everybody say where they can be found. Carla.
2: Thank you, Erin. You can find me and Meg, my co-host for Bed, Wetter, Behead podcast, available wherever podcasts are uh, downloadable. <laughs> you can find our Twitter presence at Bed, wet, behead, pod. Our Instagram is at bed.wet.behead.pod. Our first work is just look for Bed, Wetter, Behead podcast. And uh, we are coming back with new episodes for uh, January 2022. So yay! For more boobs! and soon
1: they will be doing a christian bale episode yes we are which i am on (laughs) because i have to be i would be so sad if
2: they did that i wasn't oh my god there's no way we would would never hear the end of it (laughs) forever and ever it would all be about that yeah and Susie.
0: yes uh you can find me on twitter at at Q underscore sc and for instagram there's an additional underscore in there with the other one there's two underscores and you can find my dog's instagram at betty
2: underscore pelicita
1: awesome thank you and carla did you say
0: where you could find your
1: art your photography i don't think you did
2: well i know you can find my photography on twitter and instagram at carla temis and on facebook not facebook on uh, my my website, com That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S.
1: Awesome. Yeah, believe me. I wish I could quit Facebook, but because of this podcast, I can't. And I really wish I could. I hate Facebook. And this is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter at E-April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook. Sorry, but... <laughs> at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod... On Twitter, at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram, at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok, at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest, Christian, Christian, this is your time to shine, dude. This is your month, Christian. Come on, reach out to us, dude. It's your month. Hello? Come on, email us. You live with Carla. Carla can help you with that. Come on, Christian. Email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com
2: <laughs> Are you not satisfied? What more do I have to do, Eden? My smiling face can only take so much! <laughs>
1: well, um, but thank you, Christian, too. Thank you for being on and hopefully someday you will be on where we can interview you. In all seriousness, you are on my vision board and I'm going to make this happen someday. And the whole world will hear when this happens. <laughs> there are people on my vision board that I will scream with utter delight when I get them on. Remember, every Thursday night, starting at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we are doing live tweets for Dexter New Blood. There are only two episodes left. It really makes me very sad. I will be completely honest. I'm very sad to see this show go. Uh, I don't want a second season, but I'm very sad to have to say goodbye to Dexter. So I'm going to cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that starts at 7. And then 8.15, go over to our YouTube channel for our fun live streams. We're Jen, Carla, and I are so serious. You will be saying, like the Joker, why so serious?
2: <laughs> There's This is no laughing matter.
1: Yeah, we never get goofy, silly. Never. Never.
2: Mm Erin always keeps it in her pants.
1: Yes, I'm very professional. And then next week, come back to our YouTube channel next Saturday. It will not be as long as this one. We are going to be talking about The Machinist. Like I said, that will start at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That episode will drop Wednesday. no, No, next Friday. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Christian effing Bale month. I am very excited about this because it still tickles me that he became our unofficial mascot. Totally unplanned. And it's just bizarre, but I love it. Just like Christian Bale. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, well, good night, everybody. Have a good night.